of the Royal Artillery. I've worked as an agent for Monsieur Jobert all over the world. That's good. Monsieur Jobert told me I'd be meeting your leader, Mr. Quinn. Daniel? Why should he expect that? Any special reason? Not really, Dylan said hurriedly. I did a tour with the Royal Artillery in Londonderry, 1982. Mr. Quinn was quite famous. Notorious, you mean, Daly said. Everyone after him. The police, the army, and the bloody IRA. Yes, that does rather sum it up, Dylan said. Loyal to the crown, that's what we Protestants are, Mr. Fryer, Daly said, genuine anger in his voice. And what does it get us? A boot up the arse? Interference from America, and a British government that prefers to sell us out to damn Fenians like Jerry Adams? I can appreciate your point of view, Dylan managed to sound slightly alarmed. That's why we call our group Sons of Ulster. We stand here or die here, no other route, and the sooner the British government and the IRA realize that, the better. Now, what can Jobert offer? Naturally, I've put nothing on paper, Dylan said, but in view of the kind of money we're talking about... A first consignment could be 200 AK-47s in prime condition, 50 AKMs, a dozen general-purpose machine guns, Brownings. Not new, but in good order. Ammunition? No problem. Anything else? We had a consignment of Stinger missiles delivered to our Marseille warehouse recently. Jobert says he could manage six, but that, of course, would be extra. Daly sat there frowning and tapping the desk with his fingers. Finally, he said, You're at the Europa? Where else in Belfast, old chap? Right, I'll be in touch. Will I be meeting Mr. Quinn? I can't say. I'll let you know. He turned to Mullen. Send him on his way, Jack. Mullen took Dylan back to the entrance, and as he opened the Judas Gate, there was a hollow booming sound in the distance. What was that? Dylan said in alarm. Only a bomb. Nothing to get alarmed about, my wee man. Did you wet your pants, then? He laughed as Dylan stepped outside, was still laughing as he closed the door. Dylan paused on the corner. The first thing he did was peel away the mustache above his lip. Then he removed the rain hat from his pocket, unrolled it, and took out a short-barreled Smith & Wesson revolver which he slipped into his waistband against the small of his back. He put the hat on as the rain increased. Amateurs, he said softly. What can you do with them? And he walked rapidly away. At that moment, Daly was ringing a Dublin number. A woman answered, Scott's Hotel. Mr. Brown. A moment later, Daniel Quinn came on the line. Yes. Curtis here. I'm glad I caught you. I thought you might be on the way to Amsterdam tonight. How did it go? Jobert sent a man called Fryer, English, ex-army officer. He offered to meet all requirements, including some stingers if you want them. That's good. What was he like, this Fryer? Second-rate English public school type, black hair and mustache, frightened to death, said he thought he was meeting you. Why should he think that? Jobert told him he would. Apparently he did a tour with the Royal Artillery in Londonderry in 82. Said you were quite famous. 
There was a moment's pause. Then Quinn said, Take him out, Curtis. I smell stinking fish here. But why? Sure, I was in London Derry in 82, only not as Daniel Quinn. I used the name Frank Kelly. Jesus, Daly said. Take him out, Curtis. That's an order. I'll call you from Beirut. Dylan was staying at the Europa Hotel in Great Victoria Street by the railway station, the most bombed hotel in Belfast, if not the world. He was still wearing the rain hat when he entered the suite. The woman who sat reading a magazine was thirty years of age, wore a black trouser suit and horn-rimmed glasses. She had short red hair. Her name was Hannah Bernstein, and she was a detective chief inspector in the special branch at Scotland Yard. She jumped up. Everything work out?